Hi everyone, this is JJ. Uh, before we get underway, I just wanted to give a bit of a viewer discretion is advised. As you can see uh, from the title of the episode, this is Song of the South. So this episode will contain some delicate topics, uh, such as race, uh, race in the 40s, race in the Reconstruction era of America, and some... Uh, phrases nothing particularly harsh no obviously the big one is never once uttered by anyone either in the movie or in the episode but still there are some phrases and terms that are outdated uh, so yeah i just wanted to give everyone a bit of a uh heads up going into it thanks all and enjoy the episode <laughs> Once again, again, <laughs> to another exciting episode of Disney mm -hmm. Compendium. Uh, well, it's we're, we're back. We're back to Song of the South. I, as always, am your host, JJ. And over there, on the other end of these tin cans with string, is not my good friend, Nick. It's a different good friend, longtime friend. How about you introduce yourself? Sure, I am. Uh, I think I'm still Dolly Domofsky. I hope so. Um, I hope so. I, hope or else so. I invited the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong Dolly. It's funny saying my name. I never say my name. I'm always introducing everybody else. But I'm like, I'm Dolly Domofsky. Oh, I have to figure out a better way to say it. No, I'm Dolly Domofsky, and uh, JJ is my friend. Yeah, it's, you're on the other side of the hosting duties. Yeah, it's you... crazy now. I gotta stay awake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, now you're the yeah. Now I'm the one with the with the control of the stream. And, uh, but uh, yeah, no, we've known each other for a very long time. Yep. Uh, video games as a uh, yes as a thing. So I you I'm on side questing's podcast kind of all the time now. Uh, side questing is the website, the video game website that you run and operate. So. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, it's 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 certainly it certainly operates. I don't know. If it certainly working. operates. So yeah. I don't know if it's well, yeah, <laughs> but it's somehow still moving. But I don't know how. It's like <laughs> I, it, it, it's. It, I guess you can compare it to like pushing uh, pushing a bike down a hill, even if the bike doesn't have tires anymore yeah. it'll still move it's still, like it'll, it's like, still going it's it's still going it, it doesn't need a rider it doesn't need any nope. things it's just it's no. momentum <laughs> momentum has made it unstoppable at this yes point. yes <laughs> but no it's great it's fun we get we get a lot of good yeah uh, have a lot of good conversations yeah. every week on the podcast for sure and there's some really fun content to read on definitely there, so. but we don't get into movies no we don't we don't no, as, really. as, as hard as i try uh <laughs> yeah but no, I, I thought, you know, uh, 
by the time we're recording this, I haven't put the episode out yet, so you haven't even heard it yet. Mm-mm. So you're also going in blind on this one, but I thought... Going in green. Yeah. I thought it's it would be fun to... Because you'd never seen this before, correct? No, you gave me the homework and you said, yeah. you need to watch Song of the South. Yeah. And so... I had to find the full song. Thankfully, uh, internetarchive.org yes. has it posted on there, so I just yes. boop, watched it there. Yes, and, and a really, really high quality... Yeah, it is. It too. Uh, so, like, somebody went through the uh, painstaking uh, steps <laughs> of remastering it, even right? Because um, you know that's it's never been released on home video here in Mm-mm. the states. Uh, so, other countries it has, but uh, yeah, never here. So, I thought it'd be fun to talk to somebody who, basically, all you know about this movie is that it's Disney's dirty little secret. Oh gosh, is it ever? <laughs> it's, the, it's it's yeah, it's the Voldemort of Disney movies. It's mm-hmm. the one that he should not be named. named. Yeah. Yet somehow still incredibly important for Disney, and they still they they they've milked it for all they could up until very 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 recently. Uh, and that's why I thought it'd be fun to do it now, since it's in the news, since they're. It's sort of last mm-hmm. remnants is getting pulled out of the theme parks, and that's kind of going to be it for it, probably yeah. forever at this point. Uh, so yeah, I thought I will. I'm going to strong arm somebody who has never seen this before to watch it, and we're going to talk about it because it's. I think it's it's one of those movies that's tricky to like mm-hmm. talk to, to like mm-hmm. to talk to somebody about because it is. It has that history of racism. Mm-hmm. And how do you bring that up as a white guy? <laughs> right. No, I, yeah. And that yeah. was, it's fun, interesting because yeah. um, I was always hesitant to, I had heard about this film, yeah. but I'd always been hesitant, hesitant to watch it only from the standpoint of I'm a white dude. And um, I don't know how I should feel if I watch it, but I guess yeah. with any piece of art, I guess if you want to call this art, any piece of art, you kind of go in, you go in with yourself and then you're, you come out maybe, you know, with maybe better, maybe understanding about your feelings towards something a little bit better. Um, you, you, you leave art trying to feel something. And and I did feel something leaving this. (laughs) You certainly do. You certainly, (laughs) you certainly do. Um, uh, I'll give you the, uh, cliff notes version of the history leading up to this movie's Mm -hmm, existence. Uh, so this movie came out in 46, um, which, you know, that's we're, we're, we're just after World War II. Um, the forties were not a great time for the studio. Uh, in 40, 41, there was a, uh, animator strike, uh, which really, it really hurt a lot of Walt's feelings towards the production of animation. And in uh, during World War II, the studio was completely taken over by the military because um, it was kind of in the vicinity of, I think, Lockheed in California. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it was used as sort of like a station to protect like the military in a, in a way. So the military was based out of, uh, out of the Air Force. Uh, the military was based out of... Uh, the studio for a little bit. So during that time frame, the only money really the studio was making was making propaganda movies. So they really weren't uh, pulling in anything. 
And Mickey the, buys war bonds. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, uh, there was that. basically right. Yeah, yeah, there was definitely that. There was a lot of uh, you know uh, xenophobic films, like mm-hmm. you know, and all sorts of like. Uh, one of the most famous ones is Donald Duck in uh, Nutsy Land, where it is. Oh, jeez. You've seen the uh, pictures of it, and it's like Donald Duck sitting at his table reading Mein Kampf uh, because he has a nightmare where he wakes up in, like, Nazi Germany, uh, and he's, like, indoctrinated into the whole scenario, and that's that. And there was a hit song that came out of Disney called uh, uh, Der Fuhrer's Face. Der Fuhrer's Face, yeah. Yes, Mm -hmm. that was originally – the song came out, I think it was Spike Jones. the song came out before the cartoon came out, so it was already hit by the time the cartoon came out. So, uh, I mean, that, that was what Disney was doing in the uh, 40s. And the only money they really made was they did some re-releases of uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and Pinocchio in the mid-40s. Some remasters, you might call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the original remasters. <laughs> yes, the original remasters. Um, so, yeah, that, that was really where their money came from. Um. They did a couple of other uh, films, uh, Saludos Amigos and the Three Caballeros, which were also sort of government-funded films to mm-hmm. uh, talk about, uh, you know, South America and things and get, like, sort of get them on our side and get people to understand some other, like, countries because this <laughs> is still the 40s. Uh, mm-hmm. With these, all you are watching are, like, newsreels, and that's how you learn about any culture other than, like, maybe if your family's from somewhere. Um. So, after it's all said and done, they have no money. They're really just making package features. Mm -hmm. So, Disney needs to make good on their contracts with RKO and also start making films that come out. So, that's where you get this. This is a movie. This is a movie that they first started, uh, Walt first started sort of conceiving in the late 30s because... uh, like his family liked the Joel Chandler Harris, uh, uncle Remus storybooks. Um, and so he ends up paying $10,000 to acquire the rights of, uh, the movie. And so that's sort of the brief history of song of the South. Um, that was, it's funny. Cause, um, well, I don't want to say it's funny, but I was, I was actually doing the reading of the, uh, the Wikipedia, which is the, the yeah. home of all legit information out there. Yeah. And I didn't know um, going into this. It's funny because, well, I don't want to say it's funny. The way I kind of watched the film, I'll say that a lot. I'll say it's funny because I'm dumb. But the way (laughs) I watched this film was as I'd watch parts of it, I'd say, I wonder what that's from. And then I would hop on like Wikipedia or some other source Mm -hmm. out there and try to find out the history. Sorry, I just spilled coffee, which is a (laughs) very typical Dolly thing to do. That's why I'm not on on other podcasts. No, but um, I... Uh, I would hop on looking for like some news and information about or history about something. And, uh, you know, I didn't know anything about Uncle Remus. I thought that's kind of interesting. Uncle Remus. I wonder what 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 did what did Disney just create now? And I did a little bit of research. I'm like, oh, crap, that's that was a real that was like a real character. Real thing was Uncle Remus. And then Briar Rabbit, the same thing. I thought that was something that Disney. Nope. And then it was all of those that. I thought, you know, where did all these come from? And it really was, it was that Joel Chandler Harris. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. The book itself sort of gets, shows you where the problems are going to lie with this movie in general, because Joel Chandler Harris, very much a white man, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> writing yep. basically uh, 
adopting the culture because these were all sort of based on actual sort of like you know stories uh, like that you know black americans and slaves would tell during uh it's during it during it their you know time in the country uh in the they're not so great days for them i sure, guess yeah sure. um so of course yeah here comes this white guy that comes along and sort of takes these stories and sort of spins them into his own book and makes money off of that so that's mm-hmm. good that's 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 putting you that <laughs> sounds you, legit yeah yeah that's putting you into the sort of headspace of this movie um so yeah it's like i guess what's like first impressions of the movie is that it's beautiful i mean yes yeah. it's, yeah. it's well shot it looks great the animation is all very very good but it all sort of and um um I was, I was yeah. on that same point. I was actually surprised at how well a lot of the the cinematography was in this. Just because you know, I think of films in like the late '30s and early '40s as having a very specific yeah. sort of style, but this mm-hmm. um, because they were, it felt like because they were trying to get some of that animation style into the live action with just some of the shots they were doing and some yeah. of the things they were taking. It had a really distinct look and feel to it to the point where I could definitely see the influence of some of the visual styles they did here later on in Disney's, you know, repertoire, yeah. I guess, oh, with the mix of live was... action and animation. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Disney um, kind of got his start in mm. like filmmaking and like in the cartoon world by doing like we're talking early 20s was doing live action animation hybrids. Mm hmm. Uh, so it's funny to, he, they just kind of keep going back to that. Well, it's sort of like, mm-hmm. it's always something big for them because you had the Alice shorts from the early twenties. You have this in the forties, um, you know, sh- not too long after this, you know, uh, t- you know, about 20 years later, you have Mary Poppins, mm-hmm. which does a lot of that same stuff. And, you know, in the eighties, the studio goes back and has a huge hit with who framed Roger Rabbit. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. this, the, the live action animation hybrid is really sort of, it's a trademark of the studio. It's part, it's like ingrained in its history and it's always very important to the studio. So it's, it's, um, it really, I I had rewatched Pete's dragon, the original Pete's dragon a little while back. And I thought, wow, I, after watching this film, I I thought I really see some of those, those design designer threads, I guess that, uh, that they pulled that they continue to pull within yeah. within Disney because other studios have done a mix of live action yeah, and yeah. Um, you know an animation, but it always comes off as a little bit stiffer and mm-hmm. and kind of set, uh, I guess posed, I guess as maybe as the right way to say it, a little bit more static. But the way Disney does it, especially in this film, is there's a full kind of 360 feel. Their characters mm-hmm. are always interacting with the animated side of things and. Yeah. Stuff moves around the full screen, which is yeah. really kind of interesting because you'll have, you know, they talk to the bluebird on one side of his shoulder mm-hmm. at one end of the screen. And then he looks and the thing flies behind him and lands. And it's, it's just kind of a really neat making your eye move all over the place type yeah, of feel. Yeah, they do, they do a, a real good job at using the space for things that kind of don't exist. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. So, and, and, you know, like I said, it's 1946. So, you know, this movie was filmed in like, you know, 40. 45 Mm -hmm. um and there's one thing it's um live action is cheaper than animation at around this time yeah yeah. so that was the main reason of having this be mostly live action with some animation 
because it, it's the studio needed to save as much money as it possibly mm-hmm. could. Um, and, you know, we're, we're a decade away from the theme park opening. The studio's never really money solvent. Um, <laughs> you know, you, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was a huge hit. That was their first one. And, uh, yeah, huge movie. Made, actually made them money. But all of the money ends up going back. Every time they make a dollar, it goes back into the next movies. So they're, they're never, like, flush with cash. Nobody's nobody's really getting rich off of it. You know? Right, like, right, like yeah. Walt's really the only one making any sort of real money, and even he's putting his own personal money into a lot of movie stuff. Um, Kept reinvesting that Disney yeah. money right back into the next film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's not until the 50s where it's like he's fine. they're finally, like, starting to get their footing. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, he's only around for about a decade later after all that's said and done, so... Um, now there, now there's nothing that could happen that could shut this studio down. There's <laughs> too many figures and too <laughs> yeah. many there. The yeah. studio, the studio would shut everything else down first. Yeah, yeah, no. The last, the last man standing is going to be Mickey Mouse. At, at this point. Literally, yeah, yeah. Um, Mickey so, Mouse AI. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure there will be an AI running the theme parks. <laughs> there, there might already be. For all we know, <laughs> they've been closed for the better part yeah, of yeah. the year. So who knows what they've installed in, the, in that time? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so yeah, cheap, 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 cheap. And but they just they Walt has an eye for that kind of stuff, and he was involved in this. Like most of the live action stuff, he mm. was getting more involved in and getting more hands off with the animation. Because uh, like I said, um, Walt Walt really took it hard when his animators striked against him. Hmm. Um, obviously the animators were in the right, but Walt yeah, was yeah. a lifelong Republican and he blamed, uh, the communists for trying to take down his studio. Uh, like the, he was part of the red scare. He like testified to the Supreme court kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> like, like, you know, that kind of, or to, to the house. Uh, so yeah. So like, he'd that, be, that, he would be perfect in today's climate. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be, um, he'd be at home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when they go back to the ending of this movie, mm-hmm. there's the scene, uh, talking about sort of the cinematography, just one of those brilliant sort of things that they do. Um, this final, one of the final scene when he's about to sing and is in the, like the cartoon world and he starts to sing zippity doo and it's that really close up of his face and then it pulls out and the sun comes out and everything. Oh yeah. They yeah. framed it wrong. So you so you you would see the lighting rig in the shot. So what they had to do was basically put like a sheet up so and zoom in close and pull out oh, and turn the lights on so it turns into this um lighting effect. So it looks like huh. the sun's rising up while he starts to sing. So it's like they screwed up, but there was absolutely <laughs> zero way to fix it. Yeah, there was absolutely zero time to do anything. Hmm. And uh, so they, they improvised, and it actually makes for one of the more striking scenes in the movie. Sure, um, sure. The, the the music in this movie is fantastic from start to finish. Um, it's the um, – I did not know zippity Doodah came from this. Yeah, zippity Doodah. did not uh, know that. I mean, it, it again, I don't want to say that, like, it, it tarnishes or taints the song at all, but yeah. it um, – the legacy of the song. But it really uh, – I didn't know it came from this, and I, I – Looking back now, I didn't know the full lyrics until I heard, you know, Uncle Remus and, and the characters yeah. singing and whistling the tune. I thought, ah, oh, that was completely different than any lyrics that I would have remembered, yeah. you know, um, changed over the 80s and 90s growing up as a kid. 
what was the, the um, it's it's also kind of a ripoff of speaking of a song that has sort of become problematic recently because it's sort of intended to be a ripoff of like Turkey in the Straw. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Because the the version of it that that sort of is the problematic one that says the reason why they're taking it from uh, uh, ice cream trucks is like what is the what zippity doodah mm-hmm. is sort of uh, pulling at. It's it's mm-hmm. trying to be that song. So it's like history hasn't been kind to <laughs> zippity doodah, unfortunately, and. Um, it's a it's a catchy as hell song. It, it remember, really is. I remember some places used to like uh, use like Zippity Doodah as their Happy Birthday song. Yeah. Instead oh of, my gosh. Because because that was when ha- Happy Birthday was still tied up in its like licensing issues. Weirdly. And, yeah, yeah. Somehow that song was tied up. Like that's <laughs> finally public domain. But yeah, at the time it was just like oh, so we got to figure out something else. And so it's like. You would think Zippity Doodah of anything would also have some sort of would have words. more right, <laughs> yeah. but um, but yeah, so yeah, uh, the music's all really good, but you know it's also just as problematic as everything else. And I guess you can't really get to uh, talk about this movie without talk- to really get into the elephant in the room of race relations mm-hmm. with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you what what era <clears throat> would you say this movie took place in. Uh, again, it you wasn't. Had to guess. An, it, <laughs> so I, I spoiled myself by reading up on when it's supposed to take place. Yeah. But, but, totally not when I thought it was going to take place. Obviously, you have that weird. Uh, there are some things that are like too modern for that era that they throw in there. There are mm-hmm. things that are like, you know, um, kind of out of place. I, yeah. I had it, you know. During you know pre Civil War kind of plantation life, and it's supposed yeah. to be during the reparations. And yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's the Reconstruction era. Of the Reconstruction the era. I'm sorry, Reconstruction yeah. era. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so there is yeah, no it, point in the movie that really makes it clear that it's not nope. at least during the Civil War. Exactly. Right. 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 Because you hear the the scene opens with them on a uh, you know the family on a in a, in a carriage going to the aunt's house or whoever's house yeah, it was the plantation the plantation yeah. basically yeah. Yeah. and the dad being a uh, he's a, he's a journo which he's hated you know in yeah. modern times people hate journalists which is kind of a funny thing but he's a you know he he writes for the newspaper and uh for the paper and uh, you know everybody people get angry at some of the stuff that he writes yeah. or whatever the line yeah. was that the little we boy tr- said on the last episode, we were trying to figure out what exactly the dad's deal was because they never really come out and say, like, he's dropping the family off and going back uh-huh. to Atlanta to deal with newspaper stuff. And it's like, if this is like, if this were during the Civil War, that would make more sense mm-hmm. than sort of reconstruction, mm-hmm. unless, unless he works for a paper with like a pro confederacy slant (laughs) i I don't know it was it was it's kind of dark in a weird way it's this oh uh, because the the live action like especially especially the live action segments of this movie Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. nothing but chaos a complete (laughs) yes 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 well the the part where they're you know he drops uh he drops the family off and the kid kid goes off into the house or something Mm -hmm. or goes off the play and the wife turns to him and she says, are you going to tell him? And I'm thinking, oh, what, what is she, what is he going to tell him? What, what is this family's like, what is this family's yeah. other dark secret? You know, this yeah. other horrible secret that they have is the dead, you know, are they, are they yeah. separating? Are they divorcing? Yeah. 
the, the the secret was he had to go back to work. He had to go like, back. Well, that's kind of anticlimactic yeah. because I don't I don't tell my family we, the big news, guys. I got to go back to the office. We we think that maybe mm. in an earlier script of this, it might have been during Civil War, like mm-hmm. the Uncle Remus books. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the the character of Uncle Remus was a slave, um, and <laughs> like we think like. Was he going off to fight in the war and that's why he couldn't do anything? Like he was going to fight for the Confederacy or something because they are in the South. He's on a <laughs> yeah, plantation. Yeah. This is the antebellum, you know, time frame of things. Like, but yeah, it's just now he has to go back to work and they make a big deal out of it, but never explain why it's a big deal. I, right. Makes, exactly. It's hard to tell if it's just some sort of. I'm so far removed from that. Mm-hmm. Like maybe in the forties, people would have understood like why it was a big deal for him to be going back to work uh, during the civil war, because people would have still like, you know, Oh, my grandfather was uh, there, you know, was in the civil war. So mm-hmm. when he mm-hmm. was, you know, that guy. but no, it kind of, and he just shows back up at the end with yeah, no, shows- no to do about it. No, like I'm back from the paper wars. It's uh, no, he's just the back. paper wars. <laughs> Yeah, he just shows back up, so... Yeah, what a um, deadbeat dad. Yeah, kind of... I don't like... None of the kids in this movie act great, and that's sort mm-hmm. of a problem that a lot of movies have, uh, especially from this time frame, because I think it's because they were all trained by stage actors. So they yeah. All act, they all act... Because there is no... By this point, movies are just... They're not that old. I mean, like... Tw- you know, talking in films is only like 20 years old by this Mm -hmm, point. mm -hmm. So everyone before that was like silent film and silent film all took their cues from stage acting. And so there's a lot of like over expressing and gesticulations and stuff. I was going to say the same thing. And and what, what scene kind of draws, draws me most to that point is the frog scene. Yes. Where (laughs) they, I mean the, the little boy is like trying to capture the frog, the frog, I forget his name, but he's, um, he like grabs a frog and then it jumps out and he like does a you know does a little yeah. like hand gesture and then yeah. he puts it on his head and it's just like this. Uh, back then in the in the 40s, this was probably wouldn't be surprised if this was the norm just because yeah. of like you're saying well, like, it was the, yeah. the stage had 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 gone on yeah, to that. These kids are being trained by people that yes. were trained being yeah. stage actors. There is no precedent. There is no going to, uh, you know, a, a you know academy of fine arts or anything there is no learning mm-hmm. to be a television actor or a movie actor at this time i mean look if you, i mean because the kids all act like they're all out of the little rascals you know our yeah game. it really does feel like that yeah um, yeah and, right. and, and it's sort of it, it's mm-hmm. always noticeable in these movies and they use uh the boy in this movie uh, returns time and time again in disney stuff like hmm. he'll be in treasure island shortly after this and stuff too, okay so okay um uh, james basket though uncle remus basket. himself is fantastic in this movie. He is a very he, he warm is. presence throughout the entire film. Like you really do want to hear him tell stories. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's friendly. He's yeah. um, he feels very trustworthy, and he feels like yeah, he genuinely cares for the kids. Like, yeah. or I should say, he genuinely cares for people. Yes, um, yes. because everybody kind of relies on him. But I think mm-hmm. they rely on him, and they they trust him because he's so warm and friendly to everybody else. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, it's 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 this is this is another one of those things uh and that's where i think the biggest problem <clears throat> that this movie has um and i think i think you'll notice it with this where because it's reconstruction um you still have uh 
he's still like he's not a slave, but his life is kind of that of a slave. Mm-hmm. He's still living on the plantation. Uh, there's they still have like the um, you know the hired help that's mm-hmm. also an African American woman. And, you know, you have the, I don't know what the, the boy that's there. I don't know <laughs> what his relation. I, I'm not, I, yeah, I couldn't tell. Yeah, that's unclear. But like, it, it's, 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 it's interesting because it's, it's trying not to offend anybody with it because it's like, they don't want to like bring you down with the civil war stuff and slavery, but they're also whitewashing sort of mm-hmm. their experience Mm-hmm. By making it sort of like, and after the war, everything was okay. They got, they were getting paid. They were employees, not slaves, and uh, just, just, yeah, completely, just sort of like bleaching the history of like these people's experience. And I think it, that's sort of the biggest problem this movie. Has. I, I agree, and like, it, it, it's, it, and it's to a frustrating degree. Like it didn't yes. want to commit to anything. Like you, it almost would have been better if they like were slaves and were being. At least, like, it's showing their experience. Right. This yep. is a rare situation where they're being treated with some something resembling respect, even if it's not really – they're still slaves. They're not, it's not really respect. It, it's but, this kind of um, yeah. dehumanizing way that they treat, that they treat the, uh, you know, the, the – the, the you know everybody on on in this on this plantation because yeah. you do have you know the, the rich white folk and the way the poor, she you have the poor family living the, exactly the, I don't even know where they live like on this, who like, knows it's like because because it, it seems like they're close enough to be like on their property but they're mm-hmm. not it's, it's, mm-hmm. that's a weird the um yeah, well the way they treat like the way uh Johnny's I think that was the boy's name Johnny's mom is that who was the mom when she kind of uh, uh, goes after Uncle Remus and tells him, you, know, mm-hmm. "You gotta, gotta stay away from him, uh, or stop telling him stories." Yeah, um, and it, it, you kind of see in a weird way, you see like that life sort of drain out of out of yeah. Uncle Remus, and yeah. I'm like, "Wow, man, she was she it's, she really treated him like not a not someone of equal stature it, in yeah, that scene." It, it, it's it's one of the few instances where it's like. It's like she is like the mom is like the racist of the movie, yes. although they yeah. can't play her as the racist. Yep. But she from like from the jump isn't a big fan of Uncle Remus for kind mm-hmm. of no reason at all. Um, but they don't want to go out and out and say that she's a racist because she is the mom. And, and, I think and that's like, the worst part yeah. about everything exactly. in this film. It, it just it's trying they, to toe this this line they, they, and not step over either side. Yeah, they're, it's trying really hard to be centrist in yeah. a time yeah, yeah, where yeah. you simply cannot be centrist. You cannot. You cannot. No. And, and, and I mean, like, it, it, not even in the time. It's just the yeah. the uh, the whole setting of this mm-hmm. film, the whole the whole basis of this film. There was no centrism. There's no there's yeah. no middle point. I mean, it's yeah. either there's, you are pro or against. Yeah. You are either a good person or a bad person. Yeah. And they're they're like, well, what if you know they're these are reforming bad people? And yeah. no, they're still bad people even if they're yeah. reforming. You just gotta 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 you gotta be what you are. You, you gotta they, they need to I, show I what know. what's actually happening. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know what the creative standpoint was to make just like evil children like, <laughs> so, like oh, 
the, the savers the, is that what their name the savers yeah the the, the yeah oh, the favors two, favors yeah, yes there you go the two bully kids that are oh, God, going to kill horrible. that puppy like, th- they're gonna drown a, the puppy yeah and that is a that is a mate that is the plot point basically of this movie that uh, dog is the entire th- this this movie is mm-hmm. a threadbare plot yeah um, that dog is sort of the biggest plot point and the, <laughs> he gets the dog and yeah and they're mm-hmm. gonna kill the dog and oh, it's just there's carnage left and right in this movie mm-hmm. the f- there is no way without ever seeing this movie that you would predict what the final act of this movie is going to be <laughs> Where he gets ki- almost killed by a bull, uh, and is brought back to life in his hospital bed. God, by, that was unbelievable. By a story by Uncle, Ray, which is again is another trope because there is mm-hmm. the movie trope of you know the, the, the there's some blue language that has to happen a little bit, but it's the movie trope of the magical Negro that's in movies where it's just like that's you have those problems of like well and now you have this black person that's that's you know ultra intelligent and seems to have magical powers and he saved the day by telling a story to that to that stuff and, like why is that the end of this why is that right, the end of right. this movie it's, it's it's again it's you it's it's them almost going back on all of the stuff that they were doing throughout the movie and just like and then just fall right into the racism trope of like that's what black people are i think yeah, I, I agree and i think the for me the uh for me the one of the biggest takeaway of this i mean obviously the racist part of it was mm-hmm. um was a big big point in this and i i learned to hate the plantation owning family very quickly especially the yeah. mom and the, the stupid favor kids um yeah. but what really sort of got to me was Whenever I watch any type of movie, I like to think, okay, so what? What's the point? Yeah. Where is where are the climaxes mm-hmm. in any film? Where's the where are the high points? Where are the low points? Where how, what's the buildup? And there is to me, it felt like there was none of that yeah. in this film. There are great sequences. Obviously, yes. the animation is fantastic. Yeah. Um. The even the little stories are mm-hmm. are, are, are really kind of understandable stories, and it's fine. But the all this film turns out to be is a sort of anthology and maybe that's how maybe that's the way they they build the film and in, in, in initially is it it's just yeah, a little collection of stories it's not that's, that's really not too far from uh reality it was sort of originally sort of built as going to be like short films it was that sure. was sort of the initial goal okay. was just do remus short films uh but it eventually just kind of spun into this because mm-hmm. they needed a movie to release in theaters Mm-hmm. So they needed to make good on their contracts and uh, doing a hybrid because their contract with RKO was for an animated film and doing a hybrid oh. with live action animation counted towards an animated film. So it just worked out that way for them. But I feel like if this was done more like uh, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, where it's sort of presented as stories being read to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Instead yeah. of having this. Yep. Instead of having that story in the background, if you just had Uncle Remus telling these old cultural stories to mm-hmm. maybe just implying that the people he's talking to are kids or like or maybe just having him sit around with a group of kids. Yeah, because yeah. at this point, Disney, I can't remember, it's the same year Disney put out what's called a package feature because, again, they were broke and they, they just so they just put out movies that were bundled mm. cartoons in the theaters and a lot of times, like one of them was just sort of had this framing device of a birthday party, and he, this guy was telling stories to the kids. And I guess they couldn't go back to that well again, but I feel like this movie probably would have 
stood the test of time a little better. Might have benefited more if it did, yeah. If Yeah, if it didn't um, actually have this tone-deaf story of whitewashing, um, you know, you know, black culture, black history. I mean, it really does. It just like, it treats it like it was just a whoopsie as opposed to a serious situation. And it's like, everything after the war was fine. Once the 13th amendment was read off, everything was great. (laughs) Everything was great. Yeah. You you know what? I think you're onto it in that, how they could have structured this, how they could have structured this film. And again, I, I, I do want to, whenever I look at historical films or historical pieces Mm -hmm. of art like this, I always think, what was going through their mind when they were putting this together? Because I, I reckon the majority of the folks that, that were part of this are probably long gone by now, yes. um, if not all of them, right, that put this together. So getting those actual answers, who knows? Um, but, uh, you know, I would have, I would have A, liked to get into the minds or the mindset or had a conversation with those with, with the, the original planners of this and say, what what is the point of, of yeah. this? Is it just, I mean, I know you guys need to make a movie, but is there some type of cultural significance? Are you guys actually yeah. trying to do some good? Are you going to, are, are you just not care? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, is of the time, is this the way people just sort of created films of the time or, um, and then B or two, I don't, I don't know if I was using the letters. Enough <laughs> yeah, this. Um, I would have really sort of been curious as to why, the, why they went with this story format as opposed to like, Fantasia was what 1940, I think. Fantasia yes. was 1940, and that was eight individual animated pieces, mm-hmm. right? Basically, eight little yeah. short stories brought together. And to this day, people still remember Fantasia, oh. mostly because of the stupid broomstick scene and maybe a couple <laughs> other, couple other. They don't. The majority of folks don't know all eight of Fantasia. Of yeah. Fantasia until you sit and you watch it, like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. And I think to me, that in a weird way stands it like you're saying stands the test of time longer because you're you're doing this um you're you're trying to link something together with the plot with the story that doesn't do anything good and the bad the the other aspect of that is these are cultural stories Mm -hmm. and you're you're relaying them to a white kid a little white kid a a plantation owning white kid it's like well couldn't you have kept it within relevant with within that you know within that cultural group i mean i'm I'm gonna assume that um, obviously well, there were still a lot of yeah. still a lot of segregation, still a lot of oh, you know. That's so when this movie made its uh, world premiere, James Baskett wasn't allowed to go. Yeah, because okay, they, premiered, right, right. Yep. they premiered in Atlanta and the theaters were still segregated, so he wasn't even allowed to go to the premiere of his own movie. Disney mm-hmm. tried, mm-hmm. but it just was never going to work out. Like I feel like you could have just not gone to Atlanta. I understand yeah, the desire yeah. to because that's sort of like the, the background setting, of this I movie, guess, yeah. but. Yeah, but like, yeah, that's the problem so much with this was like the people involved with working on it mostly had the best of intentions. Walt yeah. definitely had yeah. the best of intentions. He, 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 um, there's, you know, the, historically there's a lot of sort of like what was Walt's sort mm-hmm. of beliefs mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, there's always the anti-Semitism stuff and stuff, but for the, but by and large, he, he, he certainly wasn't racist. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely had the 40s mindset, you know, a person sure. that was raised yeah. in the 1920s or 40s, um, you know, but he, um, yeah, he set out with the best of intentions. Some of the people they brought on for the project probably didn't have the best of intentions. Um, one of the, like, one of the early script writers was definitely like a Southern guy mm. um, who they had to cut out like certain like 
phrases and stuff that I shan't be repeating. Not, <laughs> not the not the not the not the hard ones, but ones sure, that you definitely sure, sure. don't want to be saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, which goes in hand in hand mm. with some of the stuff that's in this movie already. But we'll get to that shortly because mm-hmm. we haven't even talked about the cartoons. Yet. No, no, because the cartoons, mm. with the exception of with the exception of the like the 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 one, yeah. um, are, are mostly uh, inoffensive. Uh, they don't even really touch on race in any way, shape, or form. Um, but uh, except for the main, the big one, <laughs> the big one, the um, the second one. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So everyone's intentions were good, and it just sort of. And at the time, package features were big for the studio, so it's kind of weird that they just couldn't figure out a way to make this a package feature. Um, mm-hmm. And it ruined it. It ruined it going forward. And they knew going in, they, they had people like NAACP was kind of in on it mm. and everything. They had the right people sort of involved, but they didn't really give them all of the access that they should have. So, you know, eventually stories get out about what the movie's about, what's going on. Before it ever came out, it was already having problems with an audience. But sure. it was a huge hit when it came out. It was a massive hit and it stayed a massive hit. For years, uh, like, like it got re-released uh, a couple of times. Got I think the last time it was re- it was re-released in the eighties in theaters. Um, you know, never made its way to home video for obvious. Like they've locked it up in the vault. It did in Europe and Asia. Like I think Asia hmm. has a. I think you can get a laser disc of this in Japan. Oh wow! But, yeah, but th- yeah, it never made its way to VHS in America. Obviously not DVD or Blu-ray. It's never going to come to Disney+. Plus. We had a discussion on the last, the first part of this where we're like, do I want to see it come out? Do I think it mm-hmm. should come out? And uh, my, like, or if it did come out, would I buy it or something? And my response is, well, if it came out, I would buy it just because I, I'm a history kind of guy, especially when it comes to... Uh, film in particular not just disney but film in general i have some real stinker films uh, <laughs> that are that are historically uh important like michael chimino's heaven's gate one of the biggest films oh in hollywood history yeah it's three and a half hours long and terrible and i own it because i'm fascinated by the sort of historical stuff and so that's what <laughs> morbidly fascinated sure yeah sure, sure. yeah it's like i just my relationship with movies and it's like so yeah but no i don't think it should ever come to disney plus i think no. that's the right mm-hmm. call mm-hmm um. So let's talk about the cartoons, shall yeah. we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are probably the biggest because those are the ones that sort of stood the test of time. Yeah, the cartoon parts yep. because they'll even separate that stuff out. I will actually show you one thing that I do have huh? represented from this movie. Uh, considering I have the vinyl record. Of <gasps> Whoa! Rare look at that. And Brer Fox, and it's a storybook too. So when you're oh, nice, when you go into it, uh, it's actually showing you some of the story stuff, and it's got huh. uh. I think it's got Zippity Doodah as one of the tracks. Uh, yeah, it's got Zippity Doodah, but it also unfortunately has the story that's being told on this uh-huh. is uh, the second story. Oh, yep, so, there it is. So this Ooh, came boy. Out, so this record came out about ten years after the movie, and this was this is what they decided to put on it. Um, so that's the, so that's the biggest. Uh, pun slightly intended sticking mm-hmm. point oh goodness of uh of this movie and the cartoons itself and why i think this part 
makes people more angry than anything else in the movie. Although I think the live action segments are the real reason why it's kind of yeah, yeah, like are the real problems of this because. So I'm gonna say it once, and then we're just gonna refer to it later. It's like it's the tar baby scene. Yes. Yep. yep. Um, so from here on out, it's just going to be the baby. The baby. I'm not gonna yeah. keep repeating that. We did that the last episode too, and we're just not gonna keep repeating that phrase <clears throat> because regardless of its history, what it is now is what it mm-hmm. is now. Yeah. That's how words yep. work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that it used to mean something else. What it says, what it means now, is completely different. You can look it up in the dictionary, and still to this day, it explains that it's like. Uh, a problem, uh, a uh, problematic situation that makes yeah, itself problems, for, yeah. yeah, a problem solution only at, exasperated by its solution, and like, and, and that's and like its secondary definition is still is now like a racist term. Mm-hmm. Thing. And, mm-hmm. and there's been politicians, plenty of politicians, that got in trouble because they're old guys that know that's because that know that phrase from being about a problem, not about so. Sure. It gets a little funny, but yeah. So the whole second cartoon of this revolves around them, the Baron Fox making a baby out of tar to capture the rabbit, which is Mm -hmm. try to trick the rabbit into interacting with it. Yeah, it's it's their their solution to catching the rabbit is just made worse by creating this difficulty. Yes. So, like, you can't watch this and not feel weird uh yes i felt so this for me was um yeah this was the point where i i kind of put my hands up yeah and said whoa because that first cartoon segment it's really uh, you know it's 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 just for whatever intense purposes i could see it's a bugs bunny cartoon it's a bugs bunny cartoon where he's tricking whoever yeah tricking the bear into yeah tricking the bear to to you know to 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 take over his spot um and i thought okay that's I've seen that a million times. Yeah. And, you know, I don't really have much finish though. But then this segment came on. And yeah, like I said, I put my hands up and said, wow, this is, this is the point where the entire film really sort of changed for me. Mm-hmm. Not because of just this segment, just this animation, mm-hmm. but the way it's sort of not really in, addressed that it, it's the way it's sort of, addressed and talked about in the rest of the in the live action portions and yeah. how and then you get to this actual animated piece and what's <laughs> happening there and the visuals they utilize and the aesthetics and and everything in within it is just it's a this is a mess of itself like it continues yeah. it just yeah. c- compounds itself yeah. as a mess it's funny just by too. being there within it's like an inception yeah. mess is what it yeah. is and it's funny too because like the first story ties in with sort of the problems going on at the time for the boy um like part of this second story falls in with sort of the problems but like the whole baby situation sort of is kind of unnecessary they didn't need to do it because all they need to do is capture yeah. the rabbit and yeah. I understand that it's the story that it is the story, they, but they cut out a different story. There was like another story that was they were working it's, on to include. It's in very it. out of place. Yeah, it's very it's, out of compared to the other cartoons. It, yeah, it's and it's it's funny too because like again at the time of making it, not a racist phrase. It just mm-hmm. it wasn't. Um, they by creating it. They've willed it into existence mm. as a racist <laughs> phrase because it became sort of public domain at that point. 
like uh, like it became something sure. that they saw on screen and you can't sort of i think that the biggest problem is sort of isn't so much the phrase as the the character characterization of the baby they really sort of like um minstrel showed up the baby a little bit mm-hmm, made it mm-hmm. look like a stereotype with its mm-hmm. clothes and the way and you know it's black with you know striking white eyes and stuff like they really like al jolson style sure like, almost made a blackface joke without doing it and for a movie that has that kind of steers away from a lot of the sort of stereotypical like with the like you know the speech is a little over the top at times like it may be vaguely uh historically correct but i think they overdid it uh, <laughs> for sure yeah, yeah yeah um but like this point in particular it really feels like this is where they stereotyped up like where the animators kind of went loose a little bit too much for that for the baby's design and it just makes it like and from today's lenses it just it's like how gone with the wind had its issues recently and stuff mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. when you come when you come at it from this angle nowadays it's almost unwatchable uh, right. It's already it's already not a great scene altogether, but now it's just compounded by modern like and by modern I mean like you know forty years ago at this point sure. where it became yeah. where it became truly the issue, um, because uh, the phrase the the baby phrase um, is uttered in Roots in the eighties, hmm. and it's inaccurate in Roots because no they would have never have said that into anybody then because it wasn't a phrase it wasn't something that somebody would have called a person of color it during sure. that time frame sure. but so by the time roots was out it was in american language as a racist term and yep. that's where it, really, it became the, part of the vernacular i yeah, guess you could say part of the vernacular, mostly because of this movie at this point which is hmm. a shame but also like i guess any reason to keep this movie out of the public view yeah yeah <laughs> but um and it, and it kind of the story kind of like is the rest of the movie, but like the, cause it just spins off like they capture him and then they throw him in the briar patch and then they capture him again. Mm-hmm. And that's that will dovetail into that's what the ride is. Mm-hmm. So splash mountain is the song of the South ride. They can mm-hmm. say that they never could say that James basket appears nowhere in the ride on purpose. <laughs> um, and, uh, the funny story about the Splash Mountain ride is that it's called Splash Mountain because cause I think it was originally called like Zippity Doodah Falls or something like to hmm. that effect. Um, but they, they got called Splash because they were trying to market and cash in on the movie Splash. Oh, really? Atlanta. So that's why it's called Splash Mountain. And huh. uh, Michael Eisner uh tried to get a Daryl Hannah uh animatronic put into the ride at oh, one what? point. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, hilarious. That's yeah, so that's why mm. so they just compromised. It's like, we'll call it Splash Mountain. We're not putting a mermaid animatronic in this ride. Mm-hmm. Um they already didn't have the budget for it. The, the rides ninety percent of the ride's animatronics are just taken from a previous ride and repurposed into this ride. There was a, a musical show called America Sings where you would just kind of go around in a theater and all of these animals were singing the celebrations of America, you know. Uh, and so they just ended up their way into the ride because they were animals that would fit in. That's why it's like it doesn't make any sense that there are like, you know, chickens in this, you know, in the briar mm-hmm. patch. But whatever. Here they are. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the whole ride is him finding his laughing place you getting the laughing place, the yeah. laughing place, 
uh, <clears throat> the rabbit getting captured, begging not to be thrown into the briar patch, and then the fall in the ride is the rabbit and you being thrown into the briar patch, like in the ride. So this ride is very much mm-hmm. Song of the South and very much the baby scene, with mm-hmm. just with the exception of cutting out the baby entirely. They yeah, just cap- yeah. They just capture him and rope him up, which is much more realistic (laughs) other than what they and it cuts out one of the major problematic cartoon moments because Mm -hmm. if that wasn't in there it would be much more palatable these days you you could just watch those cartoons from start to finish and and enjoy yourself but the baby really ruins the whole experience it really does it really does again there are there are definitely many aspects of this that sort of that are controversial i guess but um in you know in in entirety they all they all sort of add up but this is yeah. the 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 middle that video that that middle animated clip the mm-hmm. baby it be, takes this from having a period at the end of the sentence to an, a giant exclamation yes. point at the end of the yes. sentence, Bef- sentence. It, Be- yeah. before that especially mm-hmm. in modern quote unquote times mm-hmm. of you know at the at the earliest like or at the latest like 1982 you know uh but you know earliest is about the time this movie came out of like it would have been subtle but mm-hmm. then that's just like it's like it's kind of subtle how it's hand like how it's just sort of like kind of demeaning <sighs> sort of like their history uh but then it's like here's this pow right in your face yeah. of this like oh geez okay this is this is I see what's going on here now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it just yeah, it yeah, th- that that's the reason why that scene is the reason why the movie has the reputation it has. Although I think the to the people who have seen the movie understand that that's probably the least of the movie's problems. Sure, exactly, uh, exactly. Especially I think the more you watch the film, yeah, <clears throat> the more you find things in there that are questionable and then and as I watched it, it, it's again, as I watched it, things just kept getting compounded. And mm-hmm. I don't want to say worse and worse and worse, but things kept, things, things became things more apparent. Yeah. Things add up. They yeah. add up. They became more apparent. And they, yeah, the adding up was what, by the end, I thought I'm ready. There are, there are beautiful animation, great mm-hmm. songs. I'm ready for this movie to be over. Yeah. It's also not yeah. a good movie. Like that's, that's sort of exactly it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah like that... it's 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 a thoughtless sort of yes. take on uh, a, an American culture altogether. Like you're just sort of demeaning a history of an entire race of people, mm-hmm. um, unintentionally. But you're but by trying to be as nice as possible, you're being somehow worse about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but then on top of that, it's just a boring movie. It's and I think that to me, a yeah. bad boring movie makes yeah. bad makes bad parts or gla- makes yeah. issues glaring even yeah. more. It, it, even it more makes still. all of this yeah. sort of it makes all Amplifies of the them. unintentional racism <clears throat> stick yep. out and the intentional racism stick out mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. all that much more because it's all you can do is sort of like you're yeah. bored, so you're already just you're focusing on every little stupid thing that's happening, in the mm-hmm. Movie. Mm-hmm. and you're just like like by the end of the movie you're still confused. Like this is post Civil War. This makes no sense. Like any sense. It, like, it, it's funny. It's post Civil War, but it definitely felt like 1940s America. <laughs> it's weirdly. Yeah, it's yeah. this is post Civil War, but the way they kind of it's, it, talk and it's it's yeah. yeah. And, and you would think this movie would try to do a better job at trying to 
um, make a point. Mm-hmm. Try to, because like you you realize that this is a these are tales being that de- passed down kind of tales for people mm-hmm. of color, and you would think you would try to treat them with as much respect as possible, mm-hmm. and try to treat them with like care, and try to say like, see, like, ev- like we need to respect everybody or whatever. And they just don't have any message at all. It's just like, hey, these stories are fun, and he's a nice guy, and that's the that's their that's their message. Like uh, the yeah. stories themselves have their own little small messages, but none of them apply to a lot of mm-hmm. everyday, like, you know, like the first one, like, you know, play it smart or whatever. It's like, sure. Reverse psychology can get you. Use long your way, brain which, instead of your yeah, brawn. Yeah. yeah. Which, and a lot of the messages are kind of like, not great for, to teach kids like reverse psychology. Not <laughs> yeah. Best, a little young to message. figure that stuff out. Yeah. Like, and you don't want to give me ice cream. Okay. I'm going to give you ice cream kid. Yeah, and, and the kid like yeah. gets away with it early on oh, because God, he yeah. tricks the, he tricks the bullies into telling their mom that he's, they're trying to get the puppy. <laughs> and so she beats them, which again, oh, it's just insane. A, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the live action part of this is almost unbearable. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's bad. And, it's culturally bad. It, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yep. So you've seen it now. You've seen mm-hmm. the problems. So would you say that it's earned its history? That it's earned I, its sort of legacy? Yes. I, I do think it has. I do think it has. And it's – it. now that I've seen it um, – will I watch – first of all, will I watch it again? I may watch it again just to kind of mo- go more into the critique side of, of, yeah. of watching a film and really kind of look at things from a – from that – criticism style standpoint the first time i watched it again i just said i'm just gonna sit here and watch it and see what i think about it and i couldn't help but wanting to critique stuff knowing what i know today um you know obviously we're talking 80 years after the film yeah first you know it was in theaters um 75 years but knowing what i know today i couldn't help but critique it and Partway, partway through, especially after the baby uh, animation, I thought, well, let me put myself into the mindset of somebody in the (laughs) forties. But the, the, the thing about that is even though they were closer to the um, closer to the civil war and that the, the reconstruction era than we are, obviously we're, you know, 75 years after that, they, the method of tackling, certain subjects uh, doesn't fit because they may, they went this humorous route and this sort of mm-hmm. family fuzzy friendly mm-hmm. route when we know none of that was no. happening there. And to me, no. that's the, the biggest fault of this film is that it doesn't, it doesn't flat out say they're free. They're yeah. free, but they're, these are yeah. still absolutely horrible times for humanity in America. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, free free it, in terminology, not free in reality. Yeah, it made it seem like <clears throat> everything was immediately fine. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's but they, you know, they choose but, to live on the plantation with us yeah, and be happy and, and it's just like hang yeah, out in the like, woods. That is yeah. just absolutely, utterly disrespectful. Exactly. I mean, I hate exactly. I it has no like it could it didn't and it could have taken a hard stance on mm-hmm. race in general. I, but I almost wonder should have played a part in this movie. I I, I like, completely you know agree. What, yeah. And I was gonna say, I, I wonder if, if just that era, the 1940s, um, I, I don't want to say prevented people, but that just wasn't tackled in film, and it obviously couldn't have been tackled well. I don't know of, yeah. I, I don't know enough of my of my, uh, you know, 30s and 40s film history to really understand what they were, what you know, mm-hmm. what was happening in the era. But um, I, I, my fear is that 
because they kind of stuck to their old ways of the stage and the, yeah. the early silver screen stuff that mm. this was just going to be the result regardless, uh, you know, and they should just shouldn't even bother trying to tackle this because they weren't ready for it. And we're only a couple of years after the end of the, the World War Two. Yeah, where, right. Where yeah. Uh, propaganda films were huge and mm-hmm. sort of making fun of races was sure. a major part of that you know this of the storytelling style and and so like it's like disney themselves were doing it in their animated cartoons yeah, uh, yeah. there was a lot of, you can go and find yeah. a lot of like mm. where they're making fun of the japanese and stuff in some of the oh, yeah. world war ii propaganda yep. films uh and like so that's just the, the 40s mentality was either <laughs> was either uh make be be funny racist or <laughs> don't address it at all it's so. you're right and i think it's uh it's probably that you're you know you, again it's it, that that point you just mentioned about the propaganda this was a time where uh if you were in america america was right and yeah. so let's make mm-hmm. america look great even the, yeah. the crappy stuff we did let's make let's make that look like we immediately did something good yeah. because we have to instill in people that we're a great country and yeah. Um, you know, now, right now, we can do no wrong. I mean, God forbid they put a film out that's divisive around yeah. that time, right during the third, right. you know, World War yeah. II. So, I, I, yeah, the the mindset was definitely different back then. Yeah. But the the thing about art is, art's effect and uh, art's meaning um, changes depending on who sees it and when they see it. Because back then, it mean it meant one thing. You look at some of Picasso stuff now, and you think, wow, that's that has way more meaning now or has way less meaning now yeah. or, you know, things like that. So oh, yeah. that's, that's the magic of art, yeah, good or bad. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and, you know, that's the, the sort of whitewashing <laughs> of history is something that sort of sticks with Walt and, and may, and sort of the ideal American dream mm-hmm. throughout the entirety of his life. You know, right. a yeah. lot, will, a lot yeah. will tell you yep. that the reason why he got in the cartoons was because it was a world that he could create in a world of chaos it was something that he had complete control over and make it exactly what he wanted it to be. Yep. And when he yep. lost that control with the artist strike, where it made it clear that he wasn't in control anymore, is when he starts pivoting towards live action and then the theme parks. And once mm-hmm. the theme parks hit, he's able to have complete and total control. Nobody's going to tell him no. And he's able to, again, whitewash history because what the first thing you do when you walk into Disneyland is you walk on Main Street USA, which is a turn of the century mm-hmm. old town mm-hmm. America, uh, you know, completely whitewashed of any sort of strife, turmoil, or anything. It's just this ideal place where everyone lives in harmony. You've got the corner store, you've got the thing. It's like it's the America that he wants and the America that he wanted, but never really existed. And he knew sure. that. He yeah. knew that, but yeah. that's what he wanted. And I. I'm sure part of that is what exists in Song of the South, where that's the America that he wanted, where it wasn't. Yep. There wasn't strife. Like, it was okay. After the Civil War, everything turned out fine. Idealism. So, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just ideally, it immediately was fine, even though it was decades of work after <laughs> Dang, the Civil War. Still going on, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, still going still on going to this on. day. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. Like, by the when this movie came out, his star couldn't go to the premiere. Like, yeah, that's like, insane. Like, yeah, and like, and you know that we're talking. You know, this is forties. It's mm-hmm. you know, of course, and you know, luckily, uh, he stayed friends with James Baskett for the rest of James Baskett's mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, he 
petitioned and got James Basket an honorary Academy Award uh, this the year that this movie would have been nominated oh, wow. for awards. So James Basket is an Academy Award winner for this movie. It's, it's like a special one because they mm-hmm. weren't, you know, again, African-American actor in the 40s, not a, not a pretty common leading role situation in the 40s. That was a big deal, too. Like, you know, he's a... A, a man of color in a leading role mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and a Disney, like it's a Disney production. A That's Disney a Disney film, right? Yeah. Now so, that, yeah. I mean, we fight for that now in yeah. modern Disney. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something so, that at least they were, they were able to get that done a long time ago. Yeah. So, so he was able to fight and get James Baskett an Academy Award. So, you know, so good came out of it. And for some people, but like the, the film will be lost to time. It's going to be yeah. a footnote in Disney history. It was a yep. massive success and sort of stayed a massive success for a while. But, like, it came up in the last discussion, and I was like, do you think there's any scenario that Disney could present this with the correct context? And I just, like, put, like, on, like, on Disney Plus or on home video in any way, shape, or form? Is there anything they could do to really provide the appropriate context for this kind of thing? I, I actually, I, in a weird way, I, I kind of think there is, but more from an educational standpoint. To right. you know, you could say, hey, this is this is not part of Disney Plus because it's a different sort of aspect yeah. of who we are. But it's the, it's these are it's, it's the Milan deal. You have to be it's the, exactly plus plus. Yes, yeah. it's the plus plus. This is something that we feel is relevant for discourse and for conversation. It's not going to fit the whole theme of the rest of Disney Plus or whatever. But yeah. maybe there's some sort, and you get films like this you get other you know there are obviously yeah. countless films that films. They're, they're propaganda films yeah. you can put some of those in there and say these are and and you have you almost you could put commentary over these you mm-hmm. have certain aspects i think that is potentially the proper way to or i don't say proper but is is one way to take you know to ha- get these available again is to really is you you bake in yeah. the reason behind why these films are controversial today controversial today and why yeah. you know why we need to learn from in, them. In terms yeah. of home video, they kind of lost their their window. Yeah, uh, yeah. Years ago, they used to do Disney Treasures, which was these really high-end deluxe sets for Disney aficionados like myself. And <laughs> Like uh, yourself, yep. Yeah, and, and so <laughs> a lot of them are simple. A lot of sure. them are the Mickey Mouse Club. Like the first, the first week of the Mickey Mouse Club or all of the Mickey Mouse shorts from the black and white to the color era. Mm-hmm. Um, make all the goofy cartoons, all the Pluto cartoons. Um, the Disneyland TV show stuff. Um, and they're all presented with historicals, context, and all of them are hosted by Leonard Malton, <laughs> which is mm. very nice. Wow. Um, and one of the sets oh, that they put right. yeah. yeah, one of the sets that they put out was called On the Front Lines. And it was all of the World War II propaganda. Okay. Presented. And so, like, when you put this in, you have Leonard Malton sort of, like, coming up. It's like, hey, guys, uh, <laughs> we, you need to know that this was the 40s. Uh, America, we're not – like, it wasn't good, but this is what was acceptable at the time. And that sucks. But, like, so keep in mind when you're seeing sort of these caricatures and sort of, like, the things that they're saying, like, the, it's like – that would have been the window to have put Song of the South on a uh, Disney Treasures set of some sort. Because you would mm. at least, it's built into, uh, it's priced out of any normal person's feeling. Because these were like $60 sets. And they're only like two discs. So they, 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 were ch- they weren't cheap by DVD standards, even in like 2007. But uh, 
but they were designed for people that would understand the context a little more. And it's nice to be presented with the context uh, because one of the most famous Disney cartoons of all time outside of the Mickey Mouse is The Three Little Pigs. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. With the Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf song and all that stuff. That song was a pop culture uh, phenomenon, like number one yeah. hit on the radio. In the original cut of the cartoon, uh, the Big Bad Wolf comes to one of the pigs' houses selling brushes, and he is um, disguised as a Jewish caricature. Like every, yeah, I remember. I totally remember that. Yeah. And in subsequent years, they reanimated hmm. over it, so mm-hmm. he doesn't have that thing. And even on the set that the Silly Symphony that it's on. The version that's on there is the edited version. What would be what some people would say the censored version, but mm-hmm. that's a whole different bag of. Uh, but um, but they show you the scene that was edited. It's like this is what it originally was, and as you can see, Oops, this is sorry. unacceptable. Yeah, like and like that would have been a good way to have presented. But that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. There's no way to release this on home video anymore. No, nope. no, nope. absolutely mm-hmm. not. There's no enthusiast version that's going to exist for this film. So like, yeah, presenting it as some sort of like educational purpose, like some sort of like from the archives set of like, uh, this is for discourse and discourse only. Here's mm-hmm. the history behind it. There's some good books about the productors. There's one in particular mm-hmm. called who's afraid of song of the South. Um, and it's actually a really good book showing the sort of history mm-hmm. and fallout of the movie. And if you want some of that stuff that you were talking about, like some of the insight and the production and stuff, it's a really good book to pick up. Okay. To, for this movie alone. I highly recommend, if you're going to watch this movie, to read that book. I think it's Jim Corcus okay. who's the author. Um, he does. A, he has a whole series of like Disney history books. So, um, fantastic author with uh, really, really deep Disney knowledge and some good sources and um, inside sources, too. So, uh, you really get to some of the fine details of sort of the thought process and what happened before, during, and after its release. Um, it's a few years old, so it's not going to conclude some of this mo- more modern stuff, but, uh, like, uh, what's happened now, which is, you know, they're scrubbing it completely from the record now. Um, do, have you ever been to Disney theme park in any way? Yeah, we went to, I mean, long time ago. I was very young, so, yeah. Disney World. So I, I was probably eight years, nine years old, 10 years old. So yeah. I don't remember anything. Yeah. So, so like, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, they're scrubbing Song of the South out of Splash Mountain entirely mm-hmm. and rebranding it to be uh, Princess and the Frog themed. And um, you th- you would agree that's the right call, I would. Yes, yes. Like, yes even I though like these cartoons, even though the cartoons are good, what they stand for is sort of. I think it's right to. I think it's the right call. It sucks because I love Splash Mountain and it's. I'm gonna miss it a lot, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay <laughs> with it being gone to sort yep. of. Yep. Right that wrong, finally. Because it is. It's like, you, as an adult, knowing what this movie is, and especially as a person of color, again, white guy. I yep. can't, yep. I can't, like, it's hard to, I recognize the thing, but I also will never have that experience. Um, that life experience. To be able to take, like, your kid onto this ride, knowing what this ride represents. You know, that's got to be weird. Mm-hmm. so and, and fixing it to be song of the south it, like it fits in perfectly with the theming already so yeah, yeah. Um, and and in disneyland they're in, they're in new orleans so perfect at disney world it's in Frontierland for some reason and i don't know why but um, disneyland it's in new orleans so it just slides right into the theme already perfectly so, perfectly yeah, yeah. so so yeah it's gone as of in a couple of years kind of song of the south will be wiped 
wiped from the slate. I think they've already removed Zippity Doodah from the overhead music that plays like during like queues and like outside speaker systems, like in the the uh, mall shopping district and mm-hmm. stuff. So it's yeah, it's it's gonna be stricken from the record completely, and I would say it's the right move. <laughs> Yeah. Finally, I, I think agree. It's correcting, writing the final wrong of the thing, and who knows what the future holds? I mean, you know, five years a lot can happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Leadership, like because Bob Iger was made made it very like Eisner made it very clear that this movie was never going to be released. Iger made it very clear that this movie wasn't going to be released. Iger's effectively gone, but not quite because of the they brought horrific, him back, right? Yeah, something. for the horrific state that everything yeah. is in right now uh but who knows his you know his I, bob too i always forget his bob name. Chappic, too chapic chapic he he make he could always make the decision that he wants it released mm-hmm. it's up to him it's up to the the man in charge mm-hmm. and you know uh i don't think he will but who knows what the future holds after that right um, right yeah. but i feel like it's going to be lost to time finally mm-hmm. um, it's going to be what it was to you before I made you watch this movie, just sort of, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be the rumor of Disney's lost movie, you know? Yeah. Cause there's not very yep. many stuff that of Disney that just doesn't exist. <clears throat> Star um, Wars Christmas. Yeah. Star Wars Christmas. And this are kind of, and, <laughs> and the, and the unedited special editions, like, yes. <laughs> the unedited Star Wars. So yeah. like, those are the things like Disney doesn't keep a, like they put things in the vault, but they don't keep it there. This is one of the things that is being kept there. And it's absolutely the right call. It's the um, vault within a vault. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's its own special sure. vault. It's its own special vault. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, cool. Sorry. I put you through this movie. No, <laughs> I'm I, like, I'm glad I watched it. It was the first time I've ever seeing it. And uh, yeah, I'm actually, gl- I'm glad I saw it. So I could kind of get that cultural, get the understanding of what it means mm-hmm. today. I would say, I think that, yeah. um, and, I hope, and, I, yeah. and I hope I gave you some context of like yeah, the history yeah. behind it. So yeah. If you sit down and think about it, or if you ever watch it again, because again, it just sort of exists on the internet it's exist, for, yeah. for it's out there. free right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you ever get, if you ever watch it again, just keep some of the stuff in mind of what was, what was, what could have been. Uh, mm-hmm. It's history, that, and <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> just, I don't know. It's just, just it's sigh, it's sigh, let it out. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but yeah, I'd like to thank you for joining me on this one this is an unprecedented i was gonna say an unprecedented episode i guess that's not true <laughs> because the, what's unprecedented is another person that's not nick uh, uh, it's not the first two-part episode though so mm. uh, we did a second we did a two-part for robin hood uh, so. yes yeah <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah so that was so you're the second two-parter but you're the first guest so awesome yeah. <laughs> well thank you definitely thank you for having me on i yeah. um obviously Disney plus is getting me back into Disney films and having a 10 year old soon to be 11 year old kid is I get to show her some of the films that I grew up with and, yeah. and get to re-experience, you know, yeah. re-experience. And not this one. That's great. And <laughs> definitely not this one. That's for sure. In fact, if she watched it, she'd probably be pretty bored of it. So. I would think so too. It's not an exciting movie. It's the not exciting at all. Isn't, The animation no. isn't captivating enough for an, no. for, for a young child. It's captivating enough for an adult. Who's just sort of like fascinated by what is going on with this. That's, movie. that's essentially it. Yeah. But yeah. as a child, it's like, it's not rambunctious enough. I don't no, think. No. Yeah. But yeah. So well, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Though. Oh yeah. yeah. Also. And also everyone, thanks again for joining us and have a magical day. <laughs>